How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Trivia Rewrites. Thanks for sticking with us the past couple weeks with a little bit of a different approach to our delivery with the whole breaking up of the episode into two separate parts. Hope you're okay with that. And if you were not, well, feel free to reach out to us at either Twitter or our email. We'll get to that later. However, this episode, on this episode, we have a, a lot of sports turned out this last week. We have horse racing, we have tennis, we have football, and we have football. We have a little bit of both here. Um, don't worry, we have some some other stuff as well. It's not only sports. This is not a sports podcast. It's a trivia podcast. And with that trivia knowledge, we test it on the Guinness Book of World Records. Again, not records themselves, but the organization of Guinness. Not the beer. The world records. And also, uh, during Hot Seat, I also asked Demo questions about Hans Zimmer, the composer, the great, the genius. You know him from many films, and uh, we'll see how, how well Demo knows his stuff about Hans Zimmer. Thanks again for tuning in. I really, really hope that you were okay with the split up. And uh, if you weren't, thanks for being patient with us as we uh, learn this whole podcast hosting thing out. We're, we're 32 episodes in, and uh, it's fun. So hopefully you're liking it. Again, um, if you're not liking it, if you have a suggestion, if you have something you want to talk to us about or a trivia fact that you want us to make sure we touch on, you can reach out to us. Twitter is at uh, Trivia Rewrites, and our email is TriviaRewrites at gmail.com. So that's, uh, that's about it for me. So thanks for listening in. Thanks for tuning in. Hope your life's going well. Hope everything's treating you right. And without any further ado, let's get on into this week's episode of Trivia Rewrites. Welcome to Trivia Rewrites, where we look at how the news is changing trivia. Today is Wednesday, September 16th, 2020. I'm your host, Demo, and this is my co-host, Hibbs. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Back from my little vacation here. Back in the saddle. How was it? Do you enjoy your time behind the uh, behind the windshield? Behind the windshield? Yes. A lot yeah, of driving. Good. A lot of driving, but we saw a lot of, a lot of stuff, and uh, I'm glad I went, so... Where'd you go? What all uh, state parks, national park did you hit up? Uh, the three main national parks we went to: Grand Canyon, okay, Zion, and then nice. Bryce Canyon. Interesting. Which was your favorite? Probably Bryce Canyon. Huh, interesting. Yeah, Grand Canyon. Good views. Probably best views. Maybe we're at the Grand Canyon. Just a then, big hole, though, right? Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could describe a lot of things in simple terms like that, and they wouldn't sound impressive. But uh, and then Zion was just like it was nice, but it was very busy. So I feel like this uh, was nice that felt like I was kind of on my own a lot, or we were hiking by ourselves. So that's nice. Good. Uh, anyway, this is a show where we look at how the news is changing trivia. So we've browsed the weekly news and tried to come up with some trivia questions about topics that have changed or just something interesting that we thought would be worth talking about. So to start us off, actually, Hibbs has a This Day in History. I do. Um, Two questions for you this week. Two questions. Just two. September 16th wasn't a very happening day in history for trivial knowledge. Anyway, let's get into it. On this day in 1863, Christopher Robert established the first American educational institution that was located outside of the United States. The institution would be very creatively named Robert College, but can you tell me where this was located? Robert College. Robert College, the Outside first established. Outside of the United States. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, Where was it located? Where did he establish Robert College? <laughs> 1863. Trivial knowledge. I'll give you a hint. Sure. There are two... This is going to be a bad hint. There are two answers you could give me that would both be correct. Oh, boy. It's a... Cl- it's the, it's Mexico the Ameri- or It's the America's like Cup. It's America's Cup. Uh, yeah, I was thinking like Mexico or Texas. Maybe it like changed oh, names. Smart. Something like that. You're on the right track. You're on the right okay. track. It's Istanbul or oh. Constantinople, whatever. Oh. You know, whichever one you want to... <laughs> I don't know what you would call that. I don't know how they do that in historical terms. Like, yeah, the first ever American institution, educational institution outside of the United States, Robert College in Istanbul. Interesting. Yeah, moving on. On this day in 1961, eight cylinders of silver iodide are dropped into the eye wall of Hurricane Esther. This is a very demo. We're getting nerdy here, so focus okay. focus up. All right. Eight cylinders of silver iodide are dropped into the eye wall of Hurricane Esther. Once this was done, wind speeds would be reduced by 10%, leading to the beginning of a project to slow down future hurricanes. This government-funded project went by what name? What's the name? Ugh. I found this very interesting when I dove into it, and it was one of those things where, like, you know how it's like, oh, I don't, how do I take this really niche, specific topic and ask a trivia question? That so like, it's it's a name that I'm taking. It's not like some code name that's not relevant at all. It's something relevant to what they were doing. It's relevant to what they were doing, but it was also like, I mean, it's it's a pretty cool name, but yeah. <laughs> It's not like Manhattan Project is the atomic bomb, or you know. It's not yeah, like Operation <laughs> Storm oh? Blow, Storm Blow, Storm Surge, <laughs> Storm Storm Blow. That would be. Well, what are you working on these days? I was going to say Storm Blow. Well, they slow. got me over on Storm Blow. You know, oh Storm Blow, that's a pretty good project. I mean, so far it's going good. We got a couple due dates coming up, but close Storm Fury. Storm Fury. Wow. Project Storm Fury. If, in case you're curious, if you want to get nerdy, yeah, real nerdy, sure. The idea is that you drop in silver iodide into the eye wall of a hurricane. Mm-hmm. You drop it in the clouds, which is called seeding the clouds. Right. Yeah, and it causes the moisture within the cloud to release a latent heat, and okay. like I'm guessing, like kind of turn into ice. Um, and so it makes the eye wall bigger. The wind speeds are measured by uh, a gradient, and it's like pressure over square meters, pascals per square Got meter. Got it. So it's like the same amount of wind over a bigger area, slowing the wind down, kind of. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The gradient okay. goes down, and be mm-hmm. the the, um, the damage potential of a hurricane increases by the square of the wind speed. Oh. So by slowing down the wind speed a little bit, you drastically reduce how how much damage it could potentially... I like how it's a damage potential. Like, it could maybe do this much. We don't really yeah. know. <laughs> but yeah, so like that was the whole idea is that you pretty much just make the inside of the hurricane a lot colder, slow it down a little bit, and hopefully that's enough to not cause so much damage. Do they still do that? I've never no. heard of that. Good follow-up. Um, okay. They also saw that some a lot of star- storms that... <laughs> storms would just do this on their own without the... Without like... Okay. Without uh, the seeding. Right, without humans intervening, yeah. And so they were like, all right, well, was the seeding really doing it or was it just the storms doing it like on their own? And so they kind of pulled funding. But I would imagine you would take the money and build stronger homes 
before you took the money to try to like super cool hurricanes. Possibly. Okay. Very good. That's it. That's all for this day in history. Storm Fury. <laughs> Storm Fury. Project Storm Fury. So now we're going to move on to the trivia rewrite portion of the show. So this is the topical portion where Hibbs and I have come up with some trivia questions about things that have happened this week. So to start us off, I'm going to give you some questions about the 2020 U.S. Open. We're talking tennis. Oh, okay. Big tennis fan, Hibbs is. I thought we were going with golf. Nope. But. So which Austrian tennis player uh. became the first player born in the 1990s to win a Grand Slam singles title with his win this week? Dude, and the night. So it's like it's like their first Grand yeah, Slam title. It's so. his first Grand Slam title, and he's the first player born in the decade of the '90s to win a Grand Slam title, a, a men's singles title. Good for them. I was also born in the '90s, so like they've accomplished more in their time than I yeah. will ever in mine. Well, if you don't know, <laughs> exactly. Um, his name was. I've written it, the spelling down here. Dominique. Team is how you say it. Dominique Team. And yeah, first player born in the 90s to win a men's singles title. Good for him. So Team's opponent in the final was Alexander Zverev. He's the youngest finalist since which Serbian lost the 2010 U.S. Open final. Oh, 2010. That was a good year for the U.S. Open. Big tennis player. Yeah. Um... Uh, I don't I like know, tennis. I questions. know you know his name because yeah. you've said it before. Obviously. Is it John Mac? It's not John McEnroe. Ah, oh, he's my go-to. He's it's, so spry. It's the other he's one. Quick. This guy's still around. Uh, yeah, I can picture their faces, but I can never. I don't ever know their names. For, I can give you his first name. Sure, Novak. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Novak Djokovic is his name. Novak the Joker. Djokovic. I'm sure I yeah. Is he the guy that got eliminated this last last week? He was. So getting on to that, yeah, he was disqualified in his yeah. fourth round match for hitting a tennis for ball. Sniping a line judge. Hit a line judge in the like in the throat, I guess. Yeah. And he was disqualified. Even though it wasn't intentional, he was just kinda got angry and hit a ball, but you know, it's know enough it was to, intentional, I'm sure it was. It's enough to get you kicked out. I mean, uh, that guy so that, is a pro with a racket. He can put a ball wherever he wants. He that, knew what he was doing. That He's, broke his 29-match winning streak, which dated back to last year. So he was he was 29-0. and 0. Uh, Well, if you count it as a win to hit that lady in the neck, he's 30-0 still. Uh, his disqualification also meant that this would be the first Grand Slam to, since the 2004 French Open not to feature... Djokovic, Federer, or Nadal in the semifinals. Oh. Because one of them had reached the semifinals of every single tournament for the last 16 years. <laughs> and now Golly. that streak has ended. Those guys just have a stranglehold on tennis. Um, <laughs> do you know which... More like a strangle snipe. Yeah. Okay. Don't want to bury you too much in tennis facts. I don't but, know tennis facts. I, I that's what I got. When you ask me qu- questions about tennis, I'm mainly just learning. I thought you knew Djokovic because I feel like you've said his name before, but no, maybe not. Joker, I the I Joker. Have. I think you said that one time. Maybe on accident. Maybe like when we were doing the Batman. Maybe stuff. when we were doing Batman, you said Joker, and I was like, "Oh, he knows who Novak Djokovic is." Anyway, yeah, that was definitely what I was doing. I was referring to Djokovic <laughs> when I talked about the Joker. You have some. You have a music question 
I do have a music question. Um, and though, so although a large majority of musical revenue is still created by streaming services, data from the first half of the uh, f- data from the first half of 2020 shows that 62% of total physical sales of music was from vinyl records. This is the first time since what year that vinyl records have outsold CDs. Oh, okay. I saw this and I saw that it said the eighties, but I didn't, I didn't dig in to get an exact year. So I'll just, I'll just have, I'll just have to take a look uh, or take a guess. I mean, take a guess. 19. (laughs) Wow. So it had to, I would say it was probably the, early 80s but okay why do you think why do you say that well maybe not because okay. vinyl would still have to be selling quite a lot and i feel like vinyl really dropped off once once cds became more common mm-hmm. and i know that cds were introduced in 1982 i think okay so sometime between 82 and like let's just say 80, 89 yeah 85 85 is your guess sure close guess 86 okay Vinyl, vinyl hung around. It took four years, took four years for CDs to supersede vinyl, and then I don't know math up to this point for vinyl to come back. <laughs> what is that? Thirty years? That's roughly? thirty thirty-four years for all yeah. you math blasters. <laughs> okay. um, going back to what you said, CD coming out in nineteen eighty-two. What yes. was the first album to be released on CD? Oh, um, and I would say that this answer has an asterisk next to it. I have to name the name of the album or the artist. I'll take either Bruce Springsteen. I don't know. Ooh, uh, I, I guess right vein. It was a re-release of Billy Joel's 52nd street. Oh, and that's the asterisk. It was a, it was the same album, but they put it on CDs and that was the first, the first album on CD, but it wasn't the release of his album. Yeah. Okay. So we already, but he already had the yeah, he had he had the safety net of the vinyl sales, and he was like, yeah, we'll try this new experiment. That makes sense. I mean, okay, I get you. But I think ABBA, ABBA, ABBA. was the first like album debut Deb- on oh, CD. Very I good. think so. Don't hold me to that. But yeah, there you go. I have I have some related trivia just off the top of my head. Yeah, it's, I mean, you're a trivia guy. I expected that. There was one album that I could find in my sort Youth? of extensive research oh, that okay. was released on all four major formats of music. Was, you, or that <laughs> let's see if you can even name the formats. <laughs> That's not even the question. <laughs> or like like cassette, C D, vinyl, and then streaming, MP three? No. Or what was the what was the kind of one between cassettes and CDs there? Between cassette and C D. Or you were around, but it was sort of the in between oh, format. Oh like A track? A track. There you go. Yo, I don't even know what A-Track honestly is. I thought it was just like a kind of a slang for cassette. It's a different format, but it's a bigger version of like a cassette tape. But anyway, there was one album that was released on all four of those formats, and it was Bruce Springsteen's Live 1975 to 1985, which was like a compilation album for him. But that's that's the only album that's ever been released on all four formats. On all four formats. Good old Brucey. Okay, my turn. I'm going back to me. Yeah, it's your turn now. I've got one about... Well, it's sort of about horse racing. So sure, I'm good with this as well. This is also where I shine. Yeah. For the first time since 1909, Maryland, My Maryland, the song, will not yes. be played before what Triple Crown horse race? Maryland by My Maryland? Yes. And the hint, mm. yeah, that's the hint because it's the only Triple Crown race that takes place 
in the state of Maryland. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know the Triple Crown races, period. Yeah, I think we've talked about it, but yeah. it was a while ago. Yeah. Well, because I, yeah. Uh, the, can nope. <laughs> Caught myself on that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the Kentucky Derby. That is one of the Triple Crown, but this one <laughs> yeah, is, yep. this one's called the Preakness Stakes. Oh, yes. I'm going to forget that in, one. I think again. that's in Baltimore. Uh, do you know why the song is not going to be played this year? Because they're doing the national anthem to stick it to the NFL. Well, let me let me sing some of the lyrics, and maybe you can surmise why why they're not going to play it. What was it? 1902, you said? 1909. 1909 is when they started playing it before the races. But here's it's to the possibly it's to the tune of O Tannenbaum. You know, like O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree. That tune. Sure. Why would you start with O Tannenbaum and not O Christmas tree? I that because that was the name of the song. I don't know. Okay. So here's the first line. Ready? Mm -hmm. Yes. The despot's heel is on thy shore, Maryland, my Maryland. His torch is at thy temple door, Maryland, my Maryland. Avenge the patriotic gore that flecked the streets of Baltimore and battle queen of your Maryland, my Maryland. I mean, unless there's there were a couple words in there that I don't know what they mean. Who might the despot be that they were referring to? The despot? Yeah. Do you know what a despot is? It's like a like a dictator tyrant oh tyrant king george or something you would think maryland my maryland the state song of maryland yeah mm-hmm. refers to the despot's heel on thy shore and that refers to abraham lincoln oh <laughs> because the song was written as an anti-union song like a secessionist song right Damn, in the bold. 1860s north yes james Ryder randall wrote the song to spur maryland to secede from the union and that was that song was adopted by the state assembly in 1939 as the official state song of Maryland <laughs> that calls the Abraham Lincoln a tyrant and a despot. Wild. So they're not going to play that this year because they felt like it was a little bit inappropriate with things that are going on right now. What was that guy's name? Who wrote the song? James Ryder Randall. If James Ryder Randall could come back to life and hear how far diss tracks have come. His mind would be blown. It would be insane. Like, oh, he would love it. So the song also referred to uh, patriotic gore that flecked the streets of Baltimore, and that referred to the Baltimore riots of 1861, which is when Union troops from the north were traveling south the the week after the Civil War started, and the railroad went through Baltimore because that's on the East Coast. But there was no rail line the rail line stopped, and then you had to get on a different train to take you across town to a different rail station. Sure, yeah. So the troops got on the one train, got off in Baltimore, and then their train was stopped in the streets by Southern sympathizers because the city of Baltimore at the time was very, very much in favor of leaving the Union because Maryland was a slave state. Yeah, interesting. And there was a riot, and four soldiers and 12 civilians died. So that song refers hmm. to their, like, don't let their... Their sacrifice go to waste, basically. Sacrifice of their yeah of, of the yeah. Do you know the Do you know the name of the border that is the or the name of the line that is the north and east border of the state of Maryland? You know what that's called? 
Mason Dixon. Mason no Dixon line, yeah. Oh, is it really Mason Dixon? Yeah. Nice. So Maryland is that L shape or that yeah. is the north and east border of Maryland. That's the Mason Dixon line. Huh. Okay, so I guess my geography is just garbage. They were a lot closer to the south than also the north and the south, we've as we discussed on this podcast alone, was already kind of skewed. Like it wasn't uh Missouri. Yeah, Missouri Missouri was a slave state. Maryland was a slave state, and it's right on the border with Virginia. And the capital, I mean, is right between Maryland and Virginia there. So kind of crazy. I don't know. I I just think it's wild that that is still the state song, and then they're playing it at the racehorse, like, or at the horse race. Like, right. hmm. Anyway, you have a media question, you said. Television. (laughs) Television. Media was too broad for Demos. Well, TV. Television. What popular Norman Lear sitcom is to be remade but in animation on Netflix with the help of Steph Curry and Seth MacFarlane as producers? Oh, he did a lot of sitcoms, Norman yeah. Lear. his I mean, his famous ones like All in the Family, that's the big one that he did, right? Sure, yeah. Is that I'll guess? say that, I guess, yeah. Uh, Good Times. Okay, sure. Is to be remade into an animation. On Netflix, coming soon to a home near you. Uh, can you tell me when Good Times originally aired? Oh, boy. I don't know of Good... I mean, I've heard of Good Times, Right, but right, right. Sometime in the late 70s. 78. 74. Okay. Good Times aired in 1974. And I believe that is my last date question for you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always like, you know this thing that you kind of heard of? What year was that? <laughs> Right. <laughs> trivia. But it's also like that. Yeah, would good be a, times. I like the good times. That's good. That would be a trivia question that would like actually happen at bar trivia was when did good times air? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. So I try to I try to keep the date questions at this point. Who's in good times? Like what's one of the characters in that? Do you watch this? Have you seen that show? No. Oh, okay. Um I haven't ever seen it. I've seen a uh, uh a sketch with um Dave Chappelle on the okay. Chappelle show. They have a sketch about good times. <laughs> Got it. So that's about as much as I can say about it. Very good. Okay. Back to you. You got anything else? Yes, I do. More sports. Shaking off the rust. Uh, I also have a sports one, so this will work great. Well, we're going to start with American football. And then we'll come to me for European football. There we go. Uh, So Tom Brady and Drew Brees uh, squared off this past weekend in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Brady who is 43, and Breeze, who is who is 41, are the oldest quarterback matchup in NFL history. Well, since the merger, since the 1970 merger. Sure, yeah. With a combined age of 84 okay. and, ch- and change. Uh, this will break the previous record held by which two quarterbacks who faced off in the 2007 season? I can give you the teams. Oh. Maybe that would help you. Sure, yeah, yeah go for it. I have a so guess. So 2007... But- We've got Packers and Panthers. Okay. Uh, so F- Favre? Brett Favre. Yes, okay. he's one. All right. I already, ha- I already had him in my mind before you gave me the, the hint, so I'm glad. What was the other one? Panthers? Uh, Panthers, yes. Panthers. Hmm. Beating it by how, how many years, you said? 84 and some change, and they, they beat yeah, it by... Yeah, so he was actually... This, this guy you're trying to think of was 44 when this matchup happened, and he's kind of a journeyman, so... It might be a tough get. He played for eight NFL teams, looks like. Well, yeah. I mean, he played for 25 years. (laughs) 
Dude, I'm 26, and I'm already worried about, worried about my body. I can't imagine playing NFL football at that age. I don't even know. I don't even have a guess. So his name was Vinny Testaverde. Ah, I've heard that name. Yeah, he's been around. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played for a lot of teams, but Vinny Testaverde, Brett Favre, they were 82 combined years, and that'll be smashed by over two years by <laughs> Brady and Breeze Jeez, out there. Uh, Brady and Breeze had their first head-to-head matchup in... October of 1999. Do you know which teams they were playing for then? I'm going to guess Patriots for Brady. No. Okay. 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 Um, and then. So we're actually 1999. This was in the Big Ten. Oh. So this so is not Patriots. They both played for Big Ten teams. Do you know those two teams? I do not. So Tom Brady went to Michigan. Good for him. And Drew Brees, you know where he went? Mm mm. Michigan State. No. Okay. Um, Look at me. Uh, Purdue. Did he go to Purdue? To Purdue. <laughs> Purdue always makes a freaking cameo on this there show. There you go. So, yeah, they faced off in 1999. That was their first matchup. And now they're 21 years later. They're still chucking the old pigskin over each other's heads. Oh, man. Uh, what else? Oh, okay. This will be the first matchup since 1998 that the two career leaders in passing yards will face off so i'm wondering if you can tell me the last time that happened or the, the two players that played last time that happened this is why i asked you date questions it's because you were like oh, why are you asking me date questions and then you come and you hit me with like the most obscure football horse racing i was five years old this is not a huge these are fact. both two hall of fame quarterbacks that you can i'm sure try. you've heard of i'm sure you've heard of them I've you, you could give me their names and I couldn't give you their teams, but we can try teams and I'll give you the names. We go got for it. The Denver Broncos, okay, and the Miami Dolphins. All right, I think Dan Marino was a quarterback. Bingo, that's nice. One. Well done. And the Denver Broncos have ninety-eight, so that eliminates my guess of Peyton Manning because he was not a leader at that time. Correct. Broncos. He's currently their uh, GM, I think. That doesn't mean. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Sports trivia. I don't do trivia. Do you? Well, you got Dan Marino. That's good. You got Dan Marino. All right. I got Dan Marino not from football. I got Dan Marino from Ace from... Ventura Pet well, Detective. Hey, however you get it. it Laces out, Marino. The other Laces one out. who played for the Denver Broncos in his final season was John Elway. John Elway. I've heard so John name. Elway and Dan Marino. Faced off in 1988, and that was the last time the two leaders on the all-time passing yardage list faced off. Interesting. It is interesting. Because, uh, yeah, I'm wondering, like, how often... I guess it's probably happened more often than not. So, prior like... to that, it had happened in 1960 was the last time. Mm-hmm. But it happened in 1960 actually twice when Norm Van Brocklin of the Eagles and Bobby Lane of the Pittsburgh Steelers faced each other twice that season. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What I was getting at though is that like, oh, sorry. Most most sports records, like yeah. stuff like that, like the the highest passing yardages or whatever, it's you know it, it's uh it's a special player that comes along once in a lifetime type of thing. So like the ability for it even to happen, the fact that both of them are playing at the same time, I would imagine is just going to get rarer and rarer as athletes yeah. get more and more like, for sure stronger and faster and bigger like. It, it's rare that two record breakers play in the same era. Uh, yeah. Yeah, career, era, sure. Okay, yeah. Now on to football. 
Yeah, a little little uh, trans transferring. Uh, <laughs> transition. Sure. Transition, thank you. What footballer has become the first European footballer to score 100 international goals this past week? Okay. Well, there's two, right? It's got to be one of the two. Sure. Probably. Correct. Usually that's how 50-50 it's gotta be. Works. It's got to be Ronaldo or Messi. Sure, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna, Which gonna one? Guess you gotta... one of them. I'll just say Messi, but I don't know. Oh, it was Ronaldo. Dang it. You were so close. <laughs> you were so close. Ronaldo scored... <laughs> His 100th and his 101st international goal of this uh, past week. Cool. Ronaldo. 100 Ronaldo, international goals. The first European to do it, yes. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, then why? Okay. Messi. You're yeah. the one getting Messi is yourself. not. Yeah. I didn't hear that. I've, Messi's not European. So, Ronaldo. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Messi's well, from Argentina. <laughs> well, I think Ronaldo's from South America as well. No, he's from Portugal. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I mean, but Messi's still on that list because he's a European footballer. If you're playing the sport of football and you're playing a <laughs> another country, yeah, that's an international goal. That's how Messi can be on the list, R- right? But he's the first European to reach a hundred. I got it. I got it. Yes. They're all on the same list. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this will be this will be edited down. I understand. I should have. Yeah, y- y- we're good. Let's just move on. Who was the first football player of all time to score oh. 100 international goals? Mm. He's not European. Uh, Pele. Oh, good good guess. I don't know. It is um, Iran's uh, Ali Dai, I think, I think I pronounce it. Dai, Dai. <laughs> that would be a really difficult question to get the answer to. Oh, yeah. It was a hard one. But he's uh, he was the first one to score 100, 100 international goals. And he retired with 109 international goals. Oh. So Ronaldo's got him in the sights. So Ronaldo could overtake him as the most international goals scored. Very uh, good. Yeah. But yeah, like Ronaldo is just like ridiculously up on that list. Because I was looking up to it and like Ronaldo has 101 currently. And then like the second place guy is at like 70 or something like that. Like Ronaldo is just so much higher up there. All right. That's all I got. Now we're going to move on. Do you know what the next segment of the show is? The next segment of the show is very clearly rapid fire. Rapid fire trivia. Rapid fire. I've got four quick questions about the week's news, uh, and I'm going to ask them to you rapid fire and see how many you can get. All right. Question one. A bill legalizing what at the federal level will go to vote on the House floor for the first time in history? Legalizing what? Uh... I don't know, dude. Jesus, that's very broad. Can I get any sort of narrowing? It's a substance. Oh, marijuana? Marijuana. Mary Jane. Will the devil's so, yeah, lettuce. A bill is going to be introduced on the U.S. House of Representatives floor to legalize marijuana at the federal level. I just got a freaking, like, I got a premonition of the future of... Of the Senate voting down the bill? Well, <laughs> yeah. Not I mean, passing? That's, that's probably, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but, like... I got. I'm a good traveler, dude. I when I when it comes to flying, I have. I got my pre-check. I got my. You know, I got. I don't have any knives in my bag. I know what I have and know what I can't take. I am fast. I can get through security quick. I don't need to get behind someone in security when I'm running late for a flight. Some stone dude that has no idea where his passport is, or it's just like because if it's federal, it's going to be in the airports. Oh, but. I see what you mean. Yeah. Mm. Question two. Oh. <laughs> I just got like. The New York City Thanksgiving Parade 
which has been sponsored by what retailer since 1924 will be modified for a television-only audience? That would be Macy's. Macy's. There Macy's. you go. Macy's. Yeah, so they're going to have less participation. They're going to have it in a smaller area. And the balloons are going to be pulled by cars rather than volunteer people with the ropes. Handlers. Question three. <laughs> Which popular science magazine has backed Joe Biden in this year's election, endorsing a presidential candidate for the first time in its 175-year history? And it is not popular science, even though it is a popular science magazine. Um, I think it's like, it's like American Scientist or American Science, something like that. Yep. Scientific American is what it's Scientific called. Scientific American. Yep. Yeah, close enough. There yeah, you yeah. go. Question four. For the first time since 1944... The World Series will take place at a single ballpark. The MLB announced an agreement which will have all games of the World Series played at which MLB ballpark? Hmm. Hint. It is in Arlington, Texas. <laughs> oh. Is it the new, I'm guessing the new Texas yeah, Rangers what's stadium? Yeah, what's it called? What's the new one called? Oh. Isn't it Met? Met? Met Park, Met Life Park, or something like that. There's life in the, it's the same name as the old one, except the ending is different. If that makes sense. Oh, Globe Life Arena. Close. It's Globe Life Stadium. Field. Field. <laughs> nah, I was getting there eventually. <laughs> Globe Life Field. So it'll be the first time since 1944 that all Life. games will take place in the same stadium. Why field? Because they already had park next door. So yeah, but they're just, like tearing it down. I don't know. Take me out to the ball field. Yeah, well, I don't like it. The last time that happened was the World Series was between the St. Louis Cardinals and the St. Louis Browns, and they just shared the same stadium already. <laughs> so all the games took place there. And it also happened in 1921 and 1922 when the Giants and the Yankees both played at the Polo yeah, talk Grounds. Talk about convenience. I know. Yeah. It's annoying. For I mean, the whole country is not going to care because it's all in New York, but... Right, but it's not your team anymore anyway. Like, yeah, I guess. Your team's out. So there you go. That's all I got. Pretty rapid, pretty quick. Yeah, I also had the vinyl record thing. I was going to ask you what outsold CDs, but you already oh, talked about that. So Vinyl records. There we go. Uh, okay, so now we are going to move on to the hot seat segment of the show. So this is where Hibbs and I have each chosen a topic to yes. study for the week. And our co-hosts are going to ask us questions about that topic to see how much our knowledge has increased. So, last week, Hibbs, was this a listener-suggested topic? It was. Listener Matt. Listener Matt. Magnificent Matt. What did, you, what did he suggest? The institution of the Guinness Book of World Records. Right. Not just random records, but how the, the book came to be. Exactly. So... The company Guinness World Records. So I've got five questions here about Guinness World Records. Are you ready? I believe so. Okay. I didn't really put a difficulty rating on any of these. I just kind of went through them. So hips. Sure. Cool. Buckle up. You are on the Guinness World Records hot seat. Your, your first question. The idea for Guinness World Records was conceived by the managing director of Guinness Breweries after an argument involving which was the fastest game bird in Europe. What was the name of the man who first conceived the idea? <laughs> this man with the world's best name. 
Sir Hugh Beaver. Sir Hugh Beaver. Is there a huge beaver now? <laughs> he was on a he went on a shooting party in uh, in Ireland and they got in an argument about which was the fastest bird. He he felt like that there would be a lot of arguments like that in pubs, so he as a promotional thing, he felt like uh, that would be something interesting that they should come up with. So, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sir Beaver's idea became a reality after one of his employees recommended two university friends who had been running a fact-finding agency in London. What were their names? Uh, I believe they were twins, and it was Ross and Norris Mc- McWhirter. There you go. Norris and Ross McWhirter were twins. Of Fleet Street. Of Fleet Street, sure. <laughs> That's what it, like, my research said. They were, I, like, I remember that because it was like I had just... Last weekend I watched... Um, Sweeney Todd for the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, hey, Fleet Street's a real place. So I know that. Guinness World Records has commissioned dozens of TV shows. What was the first and longest running TV show airing on the BBC in 1976, presented by Roy Castle and featuring the Norris or the McWhirter twins? Uh, what was the name of that TV show? Um. Uh... I, I remember reading on all the spinoffs, because like you said, there's been a lot of spinoffs, and I feel like it, it was pretty straightforward, where it was like Guinness Records. Yeah, if you, you know. take a, if you guess, you might be able to get it. Right. Um, yeah, I'm going to guess something like uh, like World Records pre- presented by Guinness or something like that. Like Very straightforward. Yeah, you're close. It was just called Record Breakers. Record Breakers. Yeah, yep. okay. And it featured a segment where... People from the audience would ask the McWhorter twins, yeah, that's records, right. and they would recall who had that record from their from their memory because both of them had really good memories, so they could Apparently, yeah. recall those facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ross McWhorter was assassinated in 1975 after he offered a fifty thousand dollar fifty thousand pound reward for information leading to the conviction of those responsible for several high profile bombings that had occurred. The perpetrators of the assassination were both members of which paramilitary organization which took responsibility for the bombings? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, is it the IRA, IRA, the Irish Republic Association? I think that's what it is. IRA, I'll, I'll take is, IRA if you're just going to say IRA that. Or, it's either IRA or NRA. I can't remember which one it, it is. It is the IRA. I think IRA? it's just okay. Irish Republic Army, right? Army. Republic, Republican Army. Uh, okay. And they were both members of what became known as the Balcom Street Gang, or Balcom. Oh. But yeah, IRA. That's the IRA organization. <laughs> uh, in 1976, this is your final question. Oh, okay, okay. Doing pretty well so far. I'll take it. Yeah, not bad. In 1976, Guinness Book of World Records opened a museum featuring life-size statues of the world's tallest man, the world's largest earthworm an x-ray photo of a sword swallower, uh, and lightning strike victims Roy Sullivan's hat. Uh, the museum hat. Was, lo- was located in which iconic building? I read about this, and I believe it is the Empire State Building. Final the, answer. The Empire State Building, New York City. New York. There you go. That's uh, four for five. I'll take it. Four and Very a half. good. Uh, no, no, no. Three and a half. I said association, not army. <laughs> yeah, I would have taken IRA. That's fine. Yeah, very good, Hibs. What'd you What'd you think about any other tidbits you thought I might ask about? It was kind of a 
it was something where all of the sources I looked at kind of had a lot of the same information, so it was difficult to come up with the unique stuff. But yeah, I agree with you. It was. Um, I didn't know if you were going to get so into depth with the. Um, it was the argument was a red grouse versus I believe it was a plotter plo- plotter. Check my notes here. Um, oh yeah, plover. P l o v e r was the two game hens that they were arguing which ones were uh, fastest. I don't remember which one was the... The uh, plover was the faster one. Plover, plover is the faster <laughs> of the two. I almost had that as a question. I was just going to ask you, but it sounds um, like you might have got it anyway. Anyway, very good. Hibs. Thank you, sir. Um, now we're going to move on to this guy's hot seat topic, me. Yeah. So last week... Well, tell him ch- about it. I chose the topic of Hans Zimmer. I think this is one that you suggested. Maybe. That's what I do best is suggesting topics. Hans Zimmer, the musical composer, the film score creator. Creator. The sure. genius of our time. Uh, so I read about him, and uh, let's see how I do, I guess. All right. Well, <laughs> climb on into chair one. It's uh, your turn for the hot seat. Oh. There you go. <laughs> All right. Demo, your softball level question. Okay. And I have two softball questions for you this week. One, you're guaranteed to get right. <laughs> your first softball question is, can you name five movies that have been scored by Hans Zimmer? Rain Man, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Okay. <laughs> well? <laughs> no, I should have specified. Uh, I don't know we are going to... Well, he did the he didn't do the first Pirates of the Caribbean, or I guess he did, but he wasn't credited for it. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, okay. uh, Interstellar, Inception. Right, okay. Well, I mean, you've you have surpassed it already, Just, but you can keep okay. going if you'd like. No, I'm good. Nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, your second softball level question. Okay. What's your favorite movie scored by Hans Zimmer? The score or the movie? <laughs> what's your favorite movie that is scored by Hans Zimmer? I liked and Inter- also what's your I liked score? Interstellar a lot. Okay, had a good score. I don't know. It's one of those things. I guess if the music's done really well, I feel like it's just a part of the movie, so you don't even you don't even draw attention to it necessarily. Right. Probably Interstellar. Let's just say that for both. Interesting. I was going to ask you about Interstellar. Actually, I didn't include it, but uh, Hans Zimmer made all of the. Um, music for Interstellar with before even seeing the movie or big knowing what it's about the oh. the director wanted him to make all the music without any influence from the movie and he just so he gave him like general themes and then Hans Zimmer made all the music and then they made it work. Wow. Yeah. All right. Nicely done. Showing off your memory with the five legit softball question. Moving on to your easy level question. What is the first animated movie that Zimmer scored? I think it was just The Lion King, right? Not just The Lion King. It was The Lion King. Yeah. No, I'm not saying the movie The Lion King's bad. I'm just... It's crazy that that's the first time he did an animated movie, and it's, like, that good, I guess. Yeah. It freaking crushed it. (laughs) Yeah. The Lion King. (laughs) Okay. Nicely done. Your medium level question. Oh, okay. What 1979 hit by The Bugles can you spot a cameo of Hans Zimmer? Isn't it the Buggles? Is it the Buggles? I have no idea. Video sure. killed the radio star. Yep, that's the one. I'm not going to sing it because <laughs> I have a little more self-respect than that. That uh, was the first song ever played on MTV. 
ironic fun, fun fact yeah it is yeah. ironic as yeah it's also ironic that zimmer was like he's known for this being like this mainly like a movie composer a movie score yeah and it was video killed the radio star that he <laughs> was featured in um just a song that's just covered in irony all right Going on to your hard and to your extreme level questions is all we have left. I will admit, there's a bit of a ramp up here. Oh, God. Your hard level Hans Zimmer question. Zimmer wanted to go to Africa to use African choirs to record part of the Lion King score. But the director was afraid that should Zimmer show himself in South Africa again, he would be killed due to his involvement in what movie that he had scored just years prior to the Lion King. This was interesting because I have read the book and I guess I never saw the movie, but isn't isn't it called The Power of One? It's The Power of One. Good job. Nicely done. That's it. I thought that was a tough question. Yeah. It was interesting. It caught my eye when I was reading. I was like, you can't get the movie. (laughs) They feared for his life that he he couldn't go back to South Africa because he had made that movie. Mm -hmm. Right. hmm. I didn't really know what I never heard of the movie yet didn't know it was a book um and so i wrote like a synopsis to kind of understand why i mean i had a hunch why he might have been killed in south africa um but i it seems like a good movie was the book good did you enjoy the book uh it's one of those ones i was forced to read for school so Ooh. i'd probably like to go back and reread it to know whether it was good but gotcha. i remember it being i remember parts of it so it was at least somewhat interesting but all right. Anyway, enough of the friendly conversation. Sorry. Back yes. to the hot seat. Of course. Your extreme level question. Due to its inability to be bested, Zimmer has coined a piece of his own work as the quote forbidden cue and states that the piece is not to be used as temp music for movies during the edited editing process. Can you tell me what piece by Zimmer has been named as the forbidden cue or can you at least tell me what movie it comes from? Well, it's from Thin Red Line, but what's the okay. name of the song? <laughs> it's like it's like as they approach the line or something like that or Okay, you're on the right track. I need oh. you to dumb it down. Be simpler. <laughs> as they approach the line. Something Yeah, it's like that's the idea of the title. Right? They're Absolutely. like going toward the line. Yeah, it's closer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you get somewhere? You have to go if from point A to point B is going to be always oh, going to be a Journey, you gotta go, journey yep. to the line. Journey to the line. Journey Ooh. to the line. <laughs> I like how like that's how you just know how that's how I speak. Like, oh, it's gonna be a journey because I don't think that's like a very well known saying. Dang. Um. Well, before we circle back, you're off the hot seat. Nicely done. Congratulations. Wow, you. you did very good. Uh, I think you got them all. Four and a half. We'll tell you. Four and a half. I got the, the sentiment half? of the last song, but not the not the exact. Oh, okay. Title. Sure. 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 Yeah. Yeah. The fact that you even knew it was from the Thin Red Line was a good one. This one also kind of fell in line with like Guinness, where it was like, as I, like I visited one website, I was like visited Wikipedia and right. like made my notes. I was like, all right, and under the next website, and there was all the same information. I was like, okay, well, that, y'all clearly just read Wikipedia and on the next one. Um, yeah, I, I ended up on a lot of websites where it was like, I can, they just paste it in the Wikipedia. Literally article. the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you're not even trying. Right. Yeah. It was. Literally the exact same. Um, but for anyone who might be curious, temp music is um, a music that has like the same feel or m- mood or tone that is used whenever editors edit right. a movie because typically the whole movie is shot before the composer writes the pieces, writes the music for it. So temp music is 
like a filler so you can edit around the music while the composer finishes that up. But Journey to the Line is so good that it said like directors will be like, oh yeah, I want you to write something that sounds just like this. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't be better than Journey to, the, Journey to the Line. And so like he said like, don't use it. <laughs> don't use it. Like much that just shows how good of a composer he is, the fact that he broke the game. Two We're, successful hot seat segments this week. I know, yeah. We need to step our difficulty questions up. Get real or, obscure. No, I don't know. Extra stuff about Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Thought you might have asked about... Well, you kind of did. He's won one Academy Award, and it was for The Lion King. Right. But then he also won a Golden Globe Award for Best Original Score for The Gladiator. Okay, Fun yep. fact. And then his kind of partner that he started working with that got him started in the industry was uh, Stanley Myers was his name. And he was like a film scorer as well. And so he kind of just learned under him. And then they, I think they founded a company together. Anyway, that's kind of all I got. All Very prolific uh, composer in a lot of movies. He's in so much. Yeah. And then, yeah, as you referenced when we started was the, uh, he's the, uh, Inception. Inception horn. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if that's all you have for this, we enjoy this hot seat segment, and we hope you as a listener also enjoy it. Um, So if you would like to send in a topic that you'd like to hear us talk about, whether it's a hot seat topic or just something you saw this week that you thought would be interesting, you can send us an email to triviarewrites at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at triviarewrites. Um, so for next week, Hibs, we have a couple hot seat topics here. So as suggested by Texas mom in a phone conversation, mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm the Gladwell. author, economist, podcaster. Um, co-worker. Co-worker. <laughs> oh, he's a former, he's a fellow podcaster. Yeah. I see. Just like Joe Rogan. Just like Joe Rogan. We run in a very tight circle. And then we were talking before trying to come up with topics, and you thought of a good one, I think, for yourself for next week. Going to go with with the Titanic. Titanic. That way, whenever I suck and don't answer any of the questions, I can just go down with my ship. You you were just playing into the theme of the show. (laughs) I'm just going to start playing music, and I'm just calling it quits. Titanic. I can't believe we haven't done... I don't even know if we've mentioned that. I don't know if we've mentioned that even on the show at all. But anyway, that's a good topic, I thought. Thank you. We'll see how I perform. Uh, Okay, cool. Well, do you have anything else you would like to discuss on this episode? Hmm. I can't think of anything. Anything from you? Any news? Anything you want to touch on? No. It's good to be back. I think we're a little rough, but we'll get... A little rusty? We'll fix it in the edit. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, But we... We'll talk to you all next week. We appreciate everyone for listening, especially those listeners that send in hot seat topics or questions. And uh, that's all we have. See you later. See y'all.